everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode number 97. We continue our mad dash towards 100. Yeah, climbing towards that 100 thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, That's Neil. Um, Yeah, we really are. We are, you know, a lot of people have told us, Neil, that they, I mean, how many times have we heard people say, we listen to you guys first, and then when we don't have enough of you guys to listen to, we listen to the other shows. So we are really have been working hard lately to save you the trouble of listening to inferior shows. (laughs) By yeah. just making as many episodes as possible. We won't name any names, right? right now? <laughs> no, we won't name any names. And also, just warning everybody, when it gets to 100, uh, you better you better have a nice long drive for that one, because that one's going to be uh, that one's <laughs> that going to be a long one. <laughs> of course, you, you can reach us at punktilidie77 at Gmail or punktilidie podcast on Facebook. So we are we have a guest. We do. We have a guest today. Yep. And he reached out to us, and we started looking at his portfolio, and we're like, oh, we got to talk to this guy. So we have with us today Kevin Salk of Kevin Salk Punk Rock Photography, who just pretty much was in the right place at the right time and took pictures of everybody's favorite bands like uh, 35 plus years ago. So how are you doing, Kevin? I am doing uh, great. I am just excited to be here. I'm, I mean, honestly, very honored to be here. And um, yeah, this is this is awesome. I'm psyched. Having your, your it sounds like you're having your second childhood. <laughs> You know what? You, Aren't we you're all? actually <laughs> spot on. It's uh, you know, I was telling you guys earlier is this whole journey, and it really came from an interview from one of the magazines where I kind of realized who I really am. And hmm. when I'm 56, I have two two daughters, 23 and 26. Um, yeah, I'm you know, there's there's that song depression, but this for me is regression back <laughs> to. You know, back to who 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 I really am. No, and, that, uh, that's, that's an interesting. My, that, that's an interesting point, actually, because I think I mean I know I know I went through that because when you get to uh, when you first get married and stuff, and you first get your real job, and you start you know you start nesting and all that kind of crap, and you get into the corporate world and stuff, you do lose touch sometimes of who you really are at your core, and sometimes you're right that can come out when you get to be in your you know forties or fifties or whatever, you can eventually figure out who you are and what you really enjoy. So I think that's, uh, that's fantastic. And it, that goes honestly, same for me too. That, that's honestly what this podcast is, right? Neil, it gives us it a is. chance to really wallow in our crapulence. Just <laughs> yeah, fully embrace it. Right? Yeah. And it gives us an excuse to buy lots of old records. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's also, so, you know, it's, you know, we're in a really difficult time right now. And, and it's been something where if I can make people smile with something that makes me smile, then um, you know, it's, it's, it's a win-win. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's making me happy and hopefully that makes other people happy. And, and, and what's cool is a lot of people are saying, you know, I, I remember those days or people have said, wow, that's me in that picture. And that's just incredibly gratifying. So, so let's go back to the very beginning here, Kevin, and, and how, so you're a 15, 16 year old kid. How old are you? You're living in the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah, I live in Manhattan Beach, which is south in the South Bay, which was kind of South Bay was home of Black Flag, Circle Jerks, Descendants, and um, you know Sacrum Trust, and now Pennywise. Um, I'm you know 56 and grew up here, kind of a you know pretty idyllic childhood. Surfed, lived near the beach. Um, you know, then my world blew up and my parents got divorced and I became a very angry, alienated kid. And, um, you know, the punk rock scene was a 
was a really cool place to kind of fit in, but not fit in with the, with the the norm. And it was also a great way for me to probably just really irritate my parents. <laughs> like at that. How completely. did you? How did you find? How did you get into punk rock? How did you? How did you find it? You know what saved you from listening to the Partridge Family or whatever else was going on? There? <laughs> well, I went. I mean, my, my musical journey went from. Jimi Hendrix to Kiss to Aerosmith to The Clash and Punk Rock. So I had some friends that I've been friends with since kindergarten. Uh, they were going to the Fleetwood in Redondo Beach, which was probably the violence epicenter of, of at least punk rock down here. And and then I'm kind of like, well, these guys are having fun. Let me get involved. And uh, I can't really remember exactly what that moment was. Um, there's a lot of things that I cannot remember from back in the day. I think that's college and uh, drinking way too much and other things. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm, the thing that's been fun is I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to I'm trying to go back and find those little moments that triggered it. And um, you know, I think I liked the the violence of the music. Um, I liked the idea of not conforming and where I went to high school, it was, uh, you know, a lot of football, um, you know, sports. And then there was a small group of, of punk rock. You know, part of that was there was people like Bill Stevenson and, and Milo Ackerman who was, who were uh, a couple of years uh, behind, ahead of me. And uh, I don't know, we just, we had a small group and we hung out together and we protected each other and, I don't know. It was just it was a uh, just fun to be. It was fun to be different. So is this is this like 80, 81, 82, something like that? Yeah, like yeah, eighty one, eighty two. Yeah. And um, thank you, my girlfriend just bought a glass of wa- glass of wine for me. So cheers Excellent. to her. Yeah. Um, cheers to her. It's not whiskey, you know, but it'll work, right? It you know it works together perfectly. But um, yeah, it was eighty one. I think I went and saw nine 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 at the at the Roxy. Uh, my sock the Clash in I think it was eighth grade at Santa Monica Civic and um, mm. you know music was always an important part of my family my mother was an, an amazing musician she played flamenco guitar um, and my dad was really into jazz so music was a part of my life but it uh, you know my mother was you know my parents were kind of hippies uh, they were you know, my mom especially was kind of against the establishment. So I don't know. It just, for me, it hmm. just, I felt at home. Yeah. all flowed together for sure. What was, the, what was the first, what was the first show you went to? I mean, I went to nine, nine, nine. I mean, to try to find the actual first show. I don't remember to be perfect. Really? I, you can't, I, that's surprising. I do remember the clash at the Santa Monica civic, hmm. but a lot of these shows are, you know, they're a blur or not even a blur. They're vacant. And, um, that's the joys of getting older. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it kind of blended into going to the Starwood, which was probably the first place that we really spent a lot of time. Cause it was a, just a killer club in Hollywood. So we saw X, we saw, you know, the germs, Darby crash band. There was a really cool band called the chiefs. Um, and, it just kind of evolved into that's what was my identity, but hmm. you know, still got. I don't know. I wouldn't call them decent grades. I got grades in college. I never got suspended, and I never got arrested. 
There you go. So I'll tell you what. Why don't we Why don't we take a song break? What do we What do you uh, What do you want to play first? Um, since Black Flag is my favorite band, um, and to, to that note, it, it's being able to listen to it again after a long pause and realize this is just I love this. So Rise Above is just it's just one of the best nice. songs. It really is. I, I I love everything about it. So cool. The damage from damage, right? Rise above. Let's giddy up. Black flag. The classic "Rise Above" by uh, Black Flag. Uh, Makes you hey, first, doesn't it? Yeah. Who was your Who was your favorite singer, Black Flag? Uh, Henry Rollins. Oh, he was. Okay, interesting. So did you? You know, it's funny because I was. You know, you jumped ahead, Neil. Because oh, sorry. Well, I just I was just interested in announcing as we played did it. Did you okay. see? Did you see them with some of the other singers? Because I know I saw, you... him with, I saw him with Des, but okay. most of it was. I mean, I I kind of came in at a point where there was a big transition, sure. and you know, again, hindsight shoulda woulda but um you know i saw des for i think probably a little bit but my main identity was was henry rollins i think and maybe well, someday it'll it'll trigger but i well, think he I was, was there from 81 i mean he, he obviously was a singer for the majority of the time because he came out in what 81 and he was there till 86 so i mean i mean he obviously had the lion's share of the time i was just curious because i i think 
for me, the first seven inch with Keith, Keith Morris is by far the greatest thing Black Flag ever did. And I like all their stuff. But that Nervous Breakdown EP, oh, it's, it's so amazing. It's, um, you know what, I mean, it's, it's, there are days when I feel like I'm having a nervous breakdown and my head really hurts. Pretty much. <laughs> um, there, but, no question about it. You know, I think as I get older, I appreciate more of what it's about. And it really, it's, I mean, I love music. I love jazz. Uh, I love heavy metal. Um, and, uh, but there's something that has come back to me that realizes how raw it is. And there's no bullshit. It's yeah. just get in the studio and, and, and just go out and just kill it. It's the most natural expression of emotion in music that there is. I 100% agree. So, okay, so at some point, you're 15, 16 years old. When, when did you decide you should bring a camera to the shows? Yeah, that sounds really dangerous, man, to those shows back in those days? <laughs> to bring well, it to like, I mean, a nice camera? You were, up, you were clearly up close. Well, I think at the beginning, I took a, like a point-and-click camera, and it was kind of around... I don't know. I mean, I, I was fortunate I think it may have been when Minor Threat played at the barn um, I had a really shitty point and click uh, there's one picture out of the entire roll that is it's of the slam pit and it's actually going to be on the uh, on the cover of my book hmm. that's coming out uh, hopefully in spring but there was really it, it. I mean you'd see like the Glenn Friedman's out there um and the Ed Culver's, you'd see them in fanzines. And I guess that just kind of triggered, why not? And then um, I did go, I was fortunate. I, I was, I kind of was a stalker for Black Flag because they lived in, their headquarters was in Redondo Beach. And that's an, kind of the next town over where I live. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of became a, a stalker in the sense of I would drive back and forth by their headquarters and wait for somebody to come out and <laughs> it's kind of pathetic but it it's kind of great helped. i love it i love it it kind of get me got me into them maybe they felt sorry for me or but what it did was it allowed me to get some access and one of the accesses was to um the guys in minor threat and what henry was able to do was connect me with ian and I flew out, I think it was maybe the summer of 82, and stayed with them at Discord Records. At the, I'm sorry, at the Discord house for, I don't the, know, the four famous, or five the days. Famous, yes, the famous house that wow. they got the cover of the first EP on, yeah. And, um, you know, went and saw them in Baltimore. And, and kind of the idea I was, I wanted to go see Black Flag in Baltimore. But Henry, from what I understand, fell down a flight of stairs and, and hurt his knee, so they had canceled. But... Um, that was one of the starts where I started to take some pictures. A funny story there is my last day, they shaved my head. <laughs> and I came home, and my mother wouldn't speak to me for a month. <laughs> oh, there you go. But um, it was, uh, again, there's things that, again, things are starting to try to, over time, through conversations or interviews, things are starting to come into my mind. But... Yeah. I got a camera, I think it was for my birthday, it was a Minolta 35mm, and things just, you know, I kind of realized that, A, I could get access to the stage, I could get in free, 
because I could bullshit my way in. Oh, there you go. And, uh, and then avoid that. Talk... Avoid that. Avoid that big three dollar cover, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then um, I was I took a photography class at Miracosta High School, and that kind of opened my eyes to developing my own film. I made a a dark room in my bathroom, and there was just a thrill of taking pictures, just snapping them constantly, and then coming home, and then and then the next day developing them well, and so, there was there wasn't that instant gratification like you get now well so so are you are you at this point are you uh backstage or are you because there's, there's obviously no no uh, for, uh pit at the front where, where you could stand I so I there's any backstage at these it was that's side. true that's true yeah yeah i guess you're just sitting I mean, inside of the stage yeah I was, a, I was a skinny little kid who who worried about getting his ass kicked so it did give me a little bit of credibility um, and you know, ego boost, but I was able just to kind of be, I guess you would say on the side. Um, the one gig at the, uh, the Goleta community center where the misfits played the circle jerks, they actually had a backstage and I was able to, I do remember going up to Doyle and asking him to take a picture of his tattoo. And I mean, he at the time was probably, I don't know, six, two, six, three and about two twenty. And I do remember being terrified. It's one of my it's one of my favorite pictures because it's just it's a he is still a Hulk. Yeah, he, he looks is, definitely. He's yeah, a, he's he's in his early fifties and he looks amazing. But it was um, I don't know. It was just I I can't really put my finger on it. I mean, maybe because I always wanted to have the the biggest flyer collection. I always wanted this with my friends having the most forty five. So maybe this was something that I was able to. Uh, you know, help feed my my fragile ego. Sure, but, and get a one up on everybody, right? Because yeah, you're you getting into you all the shows for free. Yeah, I mean, I remember my bedroom at my dad's house. Every part of the wall was covered in flyers. Hmm. Well, I have I have to ask, do you still have those flyers? Um, not as much. Uh, I found someone who was uh, just you know, he's a big collector, and they're not as important to me as my photos are. Um, you know, I'm trying to reduce things that are not important and you know, sell them, quote, so to speak, to people that make sure. it, that are, it's important to them. Sure. My, my babies are my, my photos. Well, the only thing I would say is, though, that they do prove, because with memory fading and stuff like that, it is nice to find flyers of shows that you went to to almost prove that you were there. You know, if you kind of forgot or you couldn't remember the dates or whatever. Yeah, because there was it's... no ticket. Most of them didn't have tickets back right. in those days. It was right. just pay at the door. You know, I've been saving well, ticket subs for 30-something years, but the fact of it is a lot of the greatest shows I ever saw did not have a ticket. You know, most of them didn't. You just show up. And, Pretty much. I mean, that's the one thing is the organic nature of that world was bands and roadies would, would pass out flyers. Um, in the uh, L.A. Times, they had the Sunday, uh, you know, I think it was, I don't know what part of the, the calendar, and they would have a list of the gigs at Starwood, and I cut them out. And I think I still have them. But mm. there was that kind of organic nature, and, and Ian brought up a great point um, in, a, in, in an interview for my book, is you know, these were kids promoting shows for kids who played in bands. So I don't think we'll ever have that again, where you had these you know people that had you know, great work ethics and saw something and went out there and made stuff happen. And yeah, it's so, uh, it's so different it, with the internet, obviously, and everything else. 
Yeah, I mean, no internet, no cell phones. Okay, so, and, uh, so I definitely know. want to talk about... No. I, say, I definitely want to talk about the book, but you said something about... You, you you said something about the famous photos. You know, there's a lot of photos that we're very familiar with. And you mentioned Friedman and, and uh, Edward Culver. Did you ever get to Did you ever get to meet those guys, or did you always kind of like put them on a pedestal, even though they were probably like two years older than you, right? You know, I think pedestal. Um, I think that was. Um, if you guys can hang on a second, my pug is sure. starting to annoy me. Hang on. <laughs> Please go outside. It happens. It's my pug asking. Um, but I saw them in fanzines, and that was in Flipside and some of the other magazines, and Glenn Friedman especially. You know, he used a lot of fisheye lenses, and just his pictures were awesome. So you know, he was kind of like the guy you want to be. But you know, what's been fun now is meeting and, and connecting with people like Allison Braun, who, t- who takes amazing pictures, and Linda Arno, if I, I apologize if I mis- mispronounce it, amazing pictures that we've been able to kind of bond with which has been really fun and that's you know the whole thing has been meeting new people like you guys and and others and reconnecting with with people from back in the day which has really been something that's added so much to my life that i I really never expected it but it's it's had more meaning than than ever Hmm. so i Part of the reason I ask is because I had always heard that Edward Culver is the most approachable, just the nicest, most easygoing guy. Like, if you ask him about his pictures, he'll have you over for his house. Like that. Like, like, but anyway, you can neither confirm nor deny that. I've never really had a conversation. I'd like to. You know, Glenn Friedman, you know, the, the funny thing is, is he's in a number of my pictures. And so I've been oh, kind of really? connecting with him saying, you know, here's like your it, with his Like with his camera? Well, it's his camera or with his, I mean, always with his Adidas shoes. That was <laughs> oh. kind of his signature. Oh. So it, it's been nice and it's been very you know, humbling to be, you know, part of that world. And and that's still the case that people think my stuff is actually pretty damn good. And it's still, you know, it's, it's still humbling to me. It, it brings me back to being kind of that, that kid who, you know, wasn't looking for attention, just, you know, maybe wanted to be relevant. So. Sure. That's been probably you know one of the the list of the the blessings is like, like I said it's 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 reverting back to a point in time in my life that was very difficult with family situations, but is probably the most meaningful time of my entire life. Hmm. I heard Neil had a question, but why don't we go to why don't we do another song quick, Neil? Sure, that's you fine. Can, yeah, you can gather your you can gather your thoughts. Yeah. So what what's what's next, Kevin? Uh, let's go with uh, We Are 138 by the Misfits. Ah, yes. Classic. We are
there. We all won 38 misfits, classic early misfits. And uh, I'm looking at one of your pictures here. I th- is that the picture of Doyle? Because you put in your press kit. You sent us one of the, uh, there was a picture of the misfits in there. Is that the picture of Doyle that you were talking about? Oh, no, that's, that's, uh, that's Jerry only, isn't it? There's a couple. There's one of Jerry that's up close. Yeah, he's lifting his base up. Yeah. That one is, is, but there's one that's a real up close one. And you can actually see the sweat dripping off his um, his hair. And it just kind of blew my mind because, I mean, all of this, to be honest, started on, I mean, I had a website that I was putting stuff up there. Um, there was a guy who was an amazing photographer, big Misfits fan, um, bought a bunch of my pictures. But then, you know, I, I, it just kind of became dormant. And then... On a summer day, Frank Joro from Fathom sent me a text or an email saying, I saw your stuff, would love to talk. And um, I met with him the next day and I signed a contract the next day and had a photo, two photos in a show the following Saturday. Hmm. So because of Frank and the team at Fathom, they've just opened my world and they were able to scan all my negatives and really you know make things you know our whole goal is you know museum quality uh high-end photography uh for that man cave person but to see some of the things just it's like how you know it's part of me it's like how did i take that picture and i think it was just you know lucky yeah 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 and mm-hmm. there are some pictures that to me just i mean the, the one of keith morris with the shoe mm-hmm is is one of my favorites and i i will this will sound cocky but i do think it's the best picture of keith morris ever <laughs> i'm assuming well, someone I, I, i'm uh, assuming someone had thrown that up on stage or something because he's wearing both even though he's uh, got one in his mouth <laughs> i don't know but in talking to keith who is a he is a character he just doesn't remember and he thinks it was probably induced by certain Thing. Well, was when he was still drinking, yes, yeah, still drinking and, and drugging, yes. But uh, I love that. I mean, that that picture. That's is, a great picture. It's, you know, how did I get it? I have no idea. I think I just well, kept snapping pictures. Well, I was gonna say, there's definitely a luck element to it, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I take pictures all day long. With, of course, everybody has a camera now with their phone, right? But there's there's still elements, you know, there's still a visual element to it, and I think some people definitely have more of a a gift for it than others, you know, and I, I see there's definitely something in your photo that's beyond, beyond luck. So, you know, thank you. You could, you could be a little, you could be a little cocky. I think. I mean, I don't, um, honestly, it's, it's just, like I said, I was the right place at the right time. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I there's had, definitely, yeah. You know, a lot of it was just, you know, is angling my way in to get a good spot. You know, it's cool because Allison Braun has pictures from that uh, Misfit show. She was on the other side of the stage. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> and she has pictures of me, oh, and excellent. I have pictures of her, which is, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But a lot of it was just horning your way in, as we would say. It's a surfing term. So to, you will, so you will, just go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Get into the position to take good pictures. Yeah. So you, you were always shot in black and white. You never shot in color. I had some color. I have some color ones from the show um, at when, the, when Black Flag played at the Legalized Weed Show. That, especially one of Henry with the whole background of blue sky, which 
is is pretty cool. I mean, if um, you know, people think because I post so many pictures of Henry that I have this this man crush. <laughs> it's, I took a lot of pictures of him, and he's um, you know he, he, he gives you he's good. Pretty he's pretty photogenic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think. But yeah. um, even though I wish he would have done a part for my book, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but so, I don't know. I mean, I, I've you know, it, it's really hard for for me to, to digest that people say, "Well, you have a good eye, and, and you had some kind of gift." I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Well, I think there's a combination. Like I said, I think it's definitely you. You worked hard to get in position, and you were lucky because you were at the right place at the right time. But I still think there's a little bit to it. And hey, listen, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you just took so many, and we're only seeing like the you know the one and <laughs> all the A ones. Yeah. I, don't know. yeah, yeah. I have like 400 or so, but that's it. Really? I Is mean, that okay? I so, at the end of 1983. Uh, you know, my dad said, you know, you're, you're going to college and that's, that was you know, it. that's it. So I, that was the last time I ever took a picture or went to a punk rock gig, um, until I saw Pennywise, I think in 2011. Good Lord. But, wow. You know, I saw Metallica a bunch of, bunch of times. I saw Motley sure. Crue. I saw you know, Guns N' Roses early. I became kind of a metalhead. But then when. That's right. My pictures. I like, beca- I like metal too. Don't tell but kind of when my pictures started to get some traction and I realized in listening back to the music, I listen to more punk rock now than I do heavy metal and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> it, it it's hard to, to describe. It's, it's almost like a, a discovery of these new songs. You know, I've been, I've been downloading songs from GBH and I'm like, this is, this is great stuff. And it's, <laughs> It all comes down to the fact that this is raw and it's fun, and I need fun in my life. Um, you know, having two two adult kids has their challenges, has yeah. challenges as, as they are adulting. Um, you know, COVID has been a, a challenge for everybody, and it's just the music. Re- you know what it is? I think the music really talks to me than any other. Yeah, I get that. I I agree, and also I think once you get to a certain age, you're just like, I know what I like. I'm not. You're not going to stop listening to jazz. Just let me listen to the music I love. You know, <laughs> I don't think so. But but I love. But I it's love like Miles I get Davis. people. I get people tell me all the time, "Oh, you need to listen to this, or you need to listen to that." Like, why? I know what I like. You know, well, just I let think... me listen to my Black Flag. Let me listen to my Descendants. Let me listen. You know, you it's hit like... the nail on the head there. I mean, that's a, I mean, what you I only just have said so many more is, hours is, left in my life to listen to music. So, I mean, here's, here's what you, what you just said for me is, was one of those, those seminal moments is you just said, I'm going to listen to what I want and what I like. And that, you know, kind of gave me chills in the sense of back then, I'm going to listen to what I like and I don't give a shit what you think. And, exactly. you know, you, it's like, I'm again, I'm, you give me chills because of what you just said is exactly what I feel now is I'm going to listen to what I like and I don't care what people think. And I don't care if I embarrass my kids. Screaming you know, up is, I got to tell you, my youngest daughter who, um, you know, graduated cum laude from Berkeley, who's, I mean, has more tattoos than me. 
but she's starting to like the music that I like. She loves, you know, she loves the Ramones. She's into kind of the Doors and Janis Joplin, but she does. It, it's fun to share these experiences through music with my youngest, where my older daughter, who uh, who lives in New York, likes Drake and and music that makes me nauseous. Yeah, uh, yeah. get that. Yeah, not for me either. But whatever, you know, whatever. Kids don't. Kids aren't bound to us. They for music. You know, enjoy what you enjoy. You know, it happened with Cool Factor, where, where, where your kids think their dad is actually pretty cool. That's nice, is, huh? It, it, it's you know what, and my mom who, who passed away about 15 years ago. I know she is, uh, is 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 looking down and smiling because, you know, she hated the norm. She hated conventional world. She wanted to be. The norm was something she protested against, and I realized that's kind of who I am. Hmm. So I'm interested. So, so you say you went away to college and then and then stopped stopped doing it basically. So where did you go to college? Did you were you in Cali or were you somewhere else? I went to Arizona State. Okay. I joined the fraternity. Oh, no I drank like a fish. I did way too many drugs. Um, was kicked out of school for a semester because of my grades. Um, had a time in my life, and some of my closest friends are from my fraternity. So I kind of left that world, came back to L.A., worked. I'm a financial advisor. Um, then got caught up in, I got married, had kids, and then got kind of caught up in the, let's be like everybody else, but try to be a little bit better. Yeah. And then... You know, that blew up. My mom died. Uh, my marriage died. And then everything else exploded. So uh, it's taken a long time to kind of, as my daughter just said the other day, find my true authentic self. So it's been a journey that has been, it's really hard to describe, but it's, it's, it's been a journey that has just opened my, my soul up to being really comfortable with this is me and I am just having, you know, thoroughly enjoying this, this journey and being able to share that with my kids and not caring that I wear a face mask that has the misfits, (laughs) the the crimson skull or the crimson ghost. You know, I, I actually, I, I really, the, what you're saying actually kind of really resonates with me because I remember, and I know, you, you know, Neil, you just, you kind of mentioned that too. It's like, you know, you get to a certain station in life where you're like, well, I want to be respectable, right? Like, I, I live in the suburbs. I want to be respectable. I want my neighbors to think I'm a, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then at some at some point, it's just like, you know what? Screw this. This is not this is not what I care about. I don't care. My, I don't care that I'm the only dad in the neighborhood that's wearing baggy shorts and a misfit shirt like the rest of you guys can walk <laughs> around in your you guys can all walk around in your your white new balance tennis shoes i'm gonna still wear my vans and my covers right? <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 all right listen let's play let's play another let's play another song and i want to talk about what, what you're uh working at what this book is and actually i want to ask you what fathom is because i actually don't really know so let's let's play another song and then we'll come back to that let's think of um this world let's see um it's gonna be a descendants song. Actually, it's gonna okay. be a minor threat song. It's gonna be called Straight Edge. One of my okay. just absolute favorites. Let's all sit here and drink. Yes, and let's play a straight edge <laughs> song. Please. Play it very loud. 
Louder All is right. better. Okay, straight edge by minor threat. There, straight edge, minor threat. Fantastic. Well, so when you went went to Arizona State, when you were in university, I mean, some of those bands were still coming through touring, I would imagine. You just had no interest in in going to see them anymore or something? I was interested in, um, you know, drinking, um, chasing girls, and, you know, being a fraternity guy. You didn't want to do the photography thing anymore? No, I mean, I was, you know, I was, it was a... you know, I, I did see ACDC at at, AS, at, uh, at ASU, second row, which was mind-blowing. I saw Guns N' Roses when they were first really out there. But I just was, I became, it was a different world. And, um, you know, you, the thing is, you kind of look back at those times, you see pictures, and you're almost kind of embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. Because you're trying to be somebody else. And again, I would think I was trying to be somebody else for a very, very long time. Trying to be, you know you know, the country club lifestyle. Got that. Yeah. I get you. And you know, that it really is the polar opposite of punk rock though. You know, like the fraternity thing is kind of, I mean, that's, it it really is like the epitome of the non punk rock. Fraternity life was, we, it was really fun. I'm telling you, we had, (laughs) no, I don't doubt that. I, I, there's stories that I cannot discuss because it could probably be end up getting thrown in jail. But it was the time <laughs> of my life, and for me, it's my closest friends. And what's been fun is being able to share my new, you know, my old me with my fraternity brothers and, and bringing that part of my life to them, which has been really fun. I mean, it's... So, so it's, they, are, they, are they pretty open to it? Oh, yeah. I mean, if they're not, then, you know, I'm, I'm trying to shrink my circle of people. Sure. And COVID has been pretty good at that. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into politics, but, you know, it's, it's been easy to, I've been calling my, my Facebook group of friends. Sure. But, you know, it, it, part of it is just, you know, reconnecting with, with people. And, you know, when, when you have, I mean, I've, I've known Jimmy Lindbergh since junior high school and, and Fletcher since high school. And for them who are, you know, they're locals, I'm, I'm so proud of what they've done for them to be able to, you know, for them to be able to acknowledge that, you know, my work has been influential in their lives is really, you know, it's, it's a, it's, these are things, little things that it doesn't take much for you to realize how grateful you are when Ian says, Ian Mackay says certain things or, you know, becoming closer to guys like Des Kadena or, or uh, Chuck Dukowski or, or Mugger. Or all these guys, it's just been, again, it, I can feel my pulse rate going up because it's just been such a thrill. I mean, everything has just been fun. I mean, that's that's and that's really what punk rock is supposed to be. It's just, 
we're just having fun. It's never, I think, really been a political movement in, in the States compared to England. It's just, let's go out and just enjoy ourselves and not worry about what other people think. So when you were actually in the middle of this, were you going out like every night or was it like a once a week thing or once every couple of weeks thing? Oh, no, it was a couple nights a week. There okay. was one, I came back, it's a funny story. This, this is the things I remember is we come back, my family came back from a skiing trip and a couple of my friends there, my friends were at a show. One person broke their arm. The other person cut their head open. And my parents gave me the, you know, this was, my parents were divorced, but they gave me the, well, we think you going to punk rock shows is not in your best interest. <laughs> like a suicidal <laughs> tendency song. <laughs> and uh, I went to, I put my stuff outside and I went to a gig the next night. There you go. So, um, hmm. yeah, we'd probably go to gigs you know, it depends, but it was at least once a week. Um, we had friends that would drive and, um, yeah, there were some nights that were, you know, we, we went to a gig where I have some pictures of the misfits in Watts, uh, South central Los Angeles, you know, gang central. And, um, you know, first of all, who would put a show in the middle of Watts where <laughs> it was full of bloods and crips? Yeah. Right. I was going to say it's pretty notorious. Yeah. It was one of the scariest nights of my life, and there's some great <laughs> stories that are in my book uh, about just the shit that went down. But um, those are some of the memories: the, the the riot at the whiskey when Black Flag and DOA played. You know, so you came. were at. So were you at? Were you there for that one? Oh yeah, we were. Did out. you? Did you we, photo that one, or you just well, were there without a camera? Well, we were there going. I mean, they usually had two shows. They had an early show and a later show. And at that gig, we were driving up for the second show. But the promoter, in his in their infinite wisdom, said the first show was so violent, they would cancel the second show. So if you can visualize on Sunset Boulevard, hundreds of punks, a lot of them with bottles of beer, waiting to go in for the second show. And the promoter says, well, sorry, but we're not having the second show. Um the car that I was in got pelted with bottles. And <laughs> so we were there, but we never, we went to the second show and we tried to, and uh, it, it was on all the news and, uh, cops all over the place everywhere. I mean, there was, it was all in sunset Boulevard. It made every news channel. And that was it, was, say, that's a notorious, it was notorious, it was show. crazy. And, and, and Des gave me a very good story when he was looking out the window because you could look on to Sunset Boulevard, he said, as he saw one kid, and he said, that kid's going to throw a bottle, and he did, and he's like, okay, shit's going to go down, and uh, it did. I do, have the, I do have the original flyer for that show. It's framed. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's, it's, you know, there was one gig I went to in, in, at, the, at the Starwood, and everyone, all my rides left, and I was probably 16, and I thought I was going to be sleeping in an alley or on someone's lawn. I mean, I was, I was terrified. I had my, I was having my creepers and my bondage pants and chains. And I thought I, you know, I thought I was going to be, it was going to be a bad night. Yeah. So I ended up bumming a ride from a, an older guy I knew from down here and he was liquored up and he thought there was some girl down in Orange County that he was going to hook up with. So we drove down to Huntington beach and then that didn't happen, and we drove back to the South Bay. 
he was falling asleep at the wheel. And I came home. It was like 5.30 in the morning. I'm probably, I don't know, it was a weeknight. And my mother was out there with the newspaper in her bathrobe. <laughs> you were just coming home. <laughs> and I could never forgive myself because she thought I was dead. Yeah. Hey, how big of a venue was the Starwood? Was that a, was that a, was that just a small club or what was it? Was it was a small club that just had an insanity tied to it because, you know, it was it was a place where the germs played, which I mean, some of the lot a lot of it was before my time, mm-hmm. but the germs, which were a few, you know, part of it was like a year behind, a a year behind where I got in, so it was the germs X played. I mean, it was a legendary punk rock club. And great sound and some some amazing photos from Ed Culver and, and all the you know the, the great photographers. I never shot pictures in there because that was probably more of the beginning of me getting myself immersed into the scene mm-hmm. and still being on the sidelines because I was too terrified to go into the into the pit. Sure. Yeah, it makes I sense. I would have been killed. Yeah. So did you ever go to the Cuckoo's Nest? Talking about legendary clubs. Oh yeah. Yeah? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear some stories about that. Terrifying. Yeah, because the, the punks in the South Bay and the punks in Orange County did not get along. It was really kind of a gang type mentality, and there were some really scary people down there. And we would go down there, and it was just scary. I wasn't. So I, a, I don't remember all the shows. Wasn't there a country bar next door as well? With there was a bunch of like cowboys and stuff that used to hang out. And oh, that. the Vandals! You're talking about the Vandals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. I know I saw Black Flag down there, um, you know, probably China White, uh, maybe TSOL, but it was scary. I mean, I can visualize now kind of some 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 things are coming to mind more of outside the club mm-hmm. where the police would just be you know, orange. The police back then, I mean, they they carried billy clubs and it was, you know, it was it was knocking pins and they were the bowling ball. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, the cuckoo's nest was um, was was really terrifying. Yeah, there's actually a documentary about the cuckoo's nest, which is actually really, really good. I think it's called uh, it Clockwork Orange County, I believe it's called. It's really, really good. So, yeah, I have a fraternity one. brother who is one of the guys who was uh, slam dancing on the on the stage. Okay, which is very funny. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it was a difference. You know, Orange County and the South Bay, there were. Similar, similar mentalities, but they just didn't like each other. But fortunately, I had friends who were much bigger than me who could protect me. Or I could, no, more, more or less, I could hide behind. <laughs> well, tell you what, let's play another song and that's, then let's get into, the, uh, into your book and stuff like that a little bit. So what would you, what would you like to, to hear next? I think we got to go with the Circle Jerk song of, um, let me think. <sighs> Maybe Group Sex. Oh, group sex. Okay. What do you think? Uh, yeah, because I think you'd said "World Up My Ass" or "I Don't Care," world, but I, okay. I, I, world, I, "World Up My Ass" is perfect. Okay, "World Up My Ass" by the Circle Jerks. Got the world up my ass, and I'm gonna jump fast. Be the first, we'll be the last. I got the world up my ass. Got the world up my ass. You know I got the world up my ass. Zion, 
tangled up my ass by the circle jerks. Old yeah, classic stuff tonight. Old classic. So they're so they're they're they've been trying to reunite since 2020, of course. And now it's looking like was it 2022? They're finally gonna do it. It no, looks like no, they're it, doing punk rock bowling. Yeah, it's punk rock bowling. Yeah. yeah, Greg Hetson seems to be very active in this area and really trying to keep 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 this world going. And you know, Keith, I think with Off and uh, but now with the Circle Jerks tour. I mean, that's the fun thing is seeing. You know, I think the time is right for old school to come back and bring the old school plus the new school to, to kind of what it was, you know, bring back memories and create new memories uh, because there's still that motivation. And you're seeing Chuck Dukowski with Worm. Um, you're seeing a lot of people come back and, you know, they're, they're, I think for them, I mean, I got to believe having their, have their kids see them and for some of their grandkids see them, it's got to be just a thrill. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Yeah. Well, so um, you've been in any number of publications, magazines. I mean, your photographs have been in magazines and newspapers and stuff like that. What What are some of the more famous ones that uh, that that you've been in? Well, I mean, part of it is I, I'm in sales, okay. So you know, I'm I'm not shy of getting my work out there because yep. there's an internal confidence. But LA Magazine was a thrill. Um, there's been a couple skateboard sport actual real skateboard magazines they're actual hard yeah like juice not, i see you had juice on there right well it was uh confusion magazine i actually got my first cover shot which was really thrilling on a, a magazine called not like you hmm. and that was just a, a thrill of a lifetime even my dad was excited about it that's cool um and those are actual real magazines not not blogs right, or, right, right. or websites um you know, my local papers in L in South Bay, Easy Reader, um, Beach Reporter, The Daily Breeze. It's just been, you know, again, a dream come true, an unexpected dream come true and a, and a really a gift. Um, great for my ego. I'll tell you that. And um, so it's just kind of continued. But I'm, you know, I emailed you guys and you know, thank you very much for responding. But. You know, I'm not shy of going out there and, and telling my story because I think it's somewhat unique. So um, it's been every every magazine, every article has been just a, you know, confetti. Yeah, it's great. I mean, so but this is all been all these magazines and newspapers and stuff. That's all been reasonably recent, right? I mean, were you in any fanzines or magazines back in the day when you were first taking these? Or not zero zero okay you know what? maybe there was one and it was a south bay magazine that had okay. a picture of milo on the cover okay um but no i mean all of it has been say in the past year and a half and that's been you know because of, of fathom and because you know now fathom so what is, fathom is a gallery is right yeah what is fathom so fathom is, fathom? is a fathom is a gallery that has, oh a gallery okay so they're kind of a the timing was perfect because they were they have one of their uh, Drew Carolyn who's one of their their um, their photographers has been he had a book that really focused on uh, CBGB's and he was able to take some really unique photos of the people that showed up to the early shows it's called it's called matinee 
I think that's the name, but it was focusing on the kids who came to the matinee shows. Mm -hmm. And they published, they were one of the people that I think, I think they helped publish the book, but you know, Frank and his team just felt that the timing was right to bring out this type of work. Uh, they've done, but they've also done work or, or showed work of Steve Vai, who is an, you know, one of the greatest guitar players of, of our generation who is an amazing artist. Uh, they were working with uh, Stuart Copeland. Um, and it just it was right place at the right time. So, um, you know, I'm very grateful to them. And, and they are, they were huge fans of what I was doing. And they felt that, you know, going deep into this area was right place. Again, comes down to right place at the right time. So you had this stuff, you held on to this stuff for 40 years. Decade. I mean, almost it sitting in, in very good storage. I was going to say, was it just in boxes or what? It, that's it was amazing. in plastic storage, but the thing that kills me is some of the a lot number of the negatives just didn't make it because, you know, with the chemicals and there's some negatives that I just can't find. And I got to tell you, I am searching <laughs> everywhere to just with the hope that you know, maybe I'll find this little treasure. But yeah, yeah. A lot of them have really, you know, I, I was fortunate to keep them properly stored, and um, they were sitting in storage with not in not in paper boxes but plastic. So, uh, anyone, any of your your listeners who have out. memorabilia, plastic storage is important versus paper. Sure, keeps the moisture out. Right? Uh, so you were but, you were talking earlier. No, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back in time a little bit because you mentioned earlier that you were big. You collected a lot of 45s. Did you keep your 45s or did you let those go over the years? Um, I the ones I let go of were misfits were ones, and there were some buyers on eBay. From oh, Europe. those are so valuable now. <laughs> yeah, but, but the European buyers would just pay stupid money for them. Oh so, yeah, well now the bullet single goes for like ten grand, so it's it's insane. Yeah, there's probably stuff that I I left a lot of money on the table. But, you know, uh, there is um, a group called, there's a guy who runs a company called Kill Your Idols. Yep. Who is just, he's a, you know, he's become a friend. He's a great collector. And so I've, I've sold a lot of stuff to him because he really, really appreciates it. And, um, you know, to me, that's important is I'd rather have things like that in, in his hands than mine versus just sitting there because all my music is on my on my iPhone. So uh, there are some things that I've I've kept, um, but again, that to me that's just not as important as having the memory through the through my photos. That's again, that's sure. my. That's you my took baby. those. I mean, I get that. I mean, that those are you you the, you know you took those photos. Yeah. The, the flyers and the, the 45s are just not as important to me. Um, I do have some stuff that I've kept, but um, it's just again, it's just not as it sure. just doesn't it just doesn't fulfill me as much as having these pictures and, and the growth and the ideas and things that we have going forward and working with Fathom. There's a, I mean, the future is really fun and exciting. So, you had a, it sounds like you had a lot of guests um in your book did they so you had you had like some old punk rockers writing um did they write captions or did they write stories or you, it, you're talking it, about des and ian and some of these guys what did they, what did they contribute to the book 
Well, the whole idea with the book was I'm a fan and the photos were taken from a fan's perspective. So let's talk about things that a fan would appreciate. It's the whole idea. It's not a punkumentary. It's stories about touring or being in the van or, you know, Chuck talked about going to a gig down to Cuckoo's Nest and the police. Chuck Dupelski? Yeah. Milo okay. talked about flatulence in the van. <laughs> oh, boy. That'd be, that's classic Descendants oh right my there. Huh? It's, I was that's the name of the next loud. album. <laughs> um, you know, hearing about Lyle, um, Lyle from uh, from Minor Threat talk about the tour. And, and also the Beatman. One of his experiences at Derwiner Schnitzel. Um, <laughs> you know, with Bill Stevenson. Um, and and some of the stories about the bonus cup. So the whole idea was, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk to you about, you know, how they got started and this and that, because everyone knows that is let's have some fun stories, mugger stories. I had to kind of somewhat moderate a bit, but there's a story about him and, and Robo getting arrested in Beverly Hills, putting flyers up that is just laugh out loud. So uh, the whole idea is, I want people to laugh, and you know this is something I didn't know. There's a story about Dez, which he and I went back and forth very meticulously. And that's the one thing about songwriters is they're very good at editing and, and making sure that the words are put together properly. And it's a really fun story. Um, Keith talking about doing a gig in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So it's... It was just wanting to have something that was, I guess, a fan could identify with and and laugh. You know, Fle I'm blessed and fortunate that Fletcher's doing the forward of my book. And, you know, my, for my part is just about growing up in Manhattan Beach, you know, being one of the handful of Jewish families in the South Bay, then family getting divorced, and then the world imploding, and... You know, it's it's really it's. Hopefully, it's coming coming through with with a humble approach. But some of these stories are just hilarious. I bet, yeah. And not so every it's band, gonna be not every band member contributed. Um, you know, it wasn't. It, it is what it is. And I'm trying to get some of the guys in the Misfits some, working some connections. Mm. But the I got everybody in Minor Threat, which was great. Uh, you know, Brian, even to Brian Baker, who's, you know, he's pretty much a, I mean, he is a punk rock legend with, with, with Bad, Bad Religion. Religion. Yep. But it was really cool to, um, you know, be able to talk to them and interview them in, in not a way that a traditional interview would, ge would be. It's just, tell me something that's funny. Tell me something that happened um, while you were in LA, whether you, where'd you guys go to lunch or what was it like sleeping at SST? Um, just things that were, that kind of maybe not everyone knows about. I mean, Earl Liberty, who also went to America and told me a story about Bob's place with, uh, he was roading for the misfits and there was a combination of gangbangers, guns, and, uh, the misfits with some, um, scary looking props and just the stories it ended up with saying you know, we got to get the fuck out of here right now or we're going to die 
So, so the book is going to be published. I mean, so where are you at right now with the book? Where, where, what, uh, we're looking you you know, editing we've gotten, or we've the framework. Um, now it's just more fine tuning. I've gotten, you know, all the interviews again, I'm, I'm, I'm Glenn will never interview and I'm going to throw him under the bus. <laughs> Uh, but I'm trying to get Doyle and, and Jerry, and I have uh, a couple of good contacts that are trying to get them. But if they don't, did you hear? You know, did you hear the? Did you hear the Danzig Sigs Elvis record? I don't think you really want him anyway at this point. I don't even. <laughs> you know what? It's, yeah. um, you know Henry. Gave, Henry gave me a hard no, but I appreciate the fact that he gave me a response. Mm-hmm. Sure. Even gotcha. though he did kind of owe me a favor. That's kind um, of surprised. I actually am a little surprised that Henry Henry gave you the hard no. You know, he's he's like the constant talking head. He and Ian, like you can't do a documentary without he and Ian, right? But very different. Ian is the same person he was forty years ago. He is humble. He is like Henry, very very bright and very articulate. But you know, Henry is you know, God bless him. He's he's built a brand and a franchise and and sure. You know, I think him and Ian, I mean, when I went, there was a documentary that was made by um, some guys in D.C. and it's called Punk the Capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I went to the opening um, and I was I went with my girlfriend and I wanted to, you know, my goal is I need to talk to Ian and Henry for my book. And I was terrified. And so mm. I'm 50. I was 55 years old at the time. And I'm scared to death to go reintroduce myself to people uh, because I was still a fan. Sure. And yeah, it makes sense. What was, what was amazing and really just brought a, a huge smile to my face is Ian's remembered everything about me. <laughs> and read, between, read between the lines, Neil. He said that Ian is exactly the same guy as he used to be. In other words, Rounds is a big phony. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. I mean, Henry. Is I just, really, I know, I just. But you know, he is. He's. You know, Henry is very true to his. I mean, he's honest. That's the way he is, and, and very I'm serious, right? Very serious, and you know, I never got a chance, but I, I never wanted to kind of push my way into. Again, I'm. I was nervous, and you know, <laughs> even talking talking to Chuck Dukowski on the phone, I was, I was sweating bullets because here's a guy who was a legend back in our day and um you know same thing with talking to ian or or uh, the other guys it was really i had to drink a fair amount just to kind of get through it because i was you know it's it's and again i even feel it in my stomach right now which is something that is a joy and this this all comes down to i am having the time of my life is the joy of being able to reconnect with people that were a part of a very important part of my life. That took me a long time to realize how important this time was in shaping who I am. Did you talk to Greg Ginn at all? I mean, how is, how is he? No, I, I've, you know, I've, it's been great. I've, I've developed kind of a connection with Raymond Pettibone, which is okay, a yeah. thrill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I talked to Adrian, I think he was either his cousin and, you know, Greg, I believe, from what I understand, has just washed himself of his past. Mm, okay. And, um, you know, that may come up with some, some licensing issues in the future, but I'll cross that bridge. But, um, you know, it's it's what it is. I don't know the whole story, but, um, 
you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go against the tide because I want to try to talk to guys and, and not bring that up. Cause it sounds like it's a, it's a pretty uncomfortable topic and it's never been a conversation with, I had with Des or with Bill or with Mugger or with, um, with Chuck, because it, it just sounds like it's a kind of a shitty situation, but you know, it, it is what it is, but you know, being able to, communicate via email with Raymond Pettibone whose art blows my mind is uh, I mean that's a lifetime thrill yeah for sure for sure so all right let's let's do another song do you want to do Maria. yeah do you want to do uh, a descendant song um, I think we did you know how about um, is black coffee was that on my list uh, Black Flag? No, no it wasn't. Me. It wasn't, but we haven't done a Descendant song yet. Which are the ones, again, that I emailed, the names? Uh, so you you got Circle Jerks, I Don't Care. You got Descendants, Everything Sucks. Perfect. Everything sucks. Let's okay. go with go. A, later, we have a later Descendants. Okay. 90s Descendants. So. All right, cool. So this is the Descendants with Everything Sucks. sucks there by the descendants so that was their 90s comeback album yeah and so i i was talking to bill about they have a very unique drum sound and bill always used a bill used a very deep snare okay and there's just a sound that is just different and if you really listen to it i mean they are they're so good just love them I love the Descendants. Neil's not that keen on the Descendants. I think I might be the only person in the world who isn't. Neil, you totally... got to change your ways. Come on. <laughs> Have you seen him live? Have you seen him live, Neil? Me? Oh, god, yeah, I've seen him like about four times. Okay, this is, I saw him like even a couple of years ago. They were still so good. Um, so, so we kind of we so we kind of started getting on to it. But okay, so the book. What, what's the status of the book right now? Is the book is it's all the framework is set. Now we're just going and fine tuning. Uh, with the, the photos okay. in regards to how we, I think the idea is to present them in a way where it's, you know, having some good kind of captions, but then having the having the each show 
So if it's black flag, it's having all the photos from the from the Vex, having the show, all the shows from Mikasita, and having all the shows from um, the legalized weed show. So the and, and then also shows from the Ukrainian Hall. So it just we're not flipping back and forth. What we want to do is have a kind of a a smooth when person change you know goes through the pages. There's a flow to it, so okay. I mean, I'm being and you, very. And you said there was there was essentially five bands you photographed, right? That's it. I mean, li- I mean, I have some Dick Kennedy's pictures that actually came out really cool, but that's th- there are some Scream pictures that I took when I was in D. There's some pictures of Scream, which is mm-hmm. a big DC band, right? Right. And I have some great pictures, and I couldn't tell you where I where I took. Hmm. I have no idea. So the bands, are, so the bands are Black Flag, Circle Jerks, uh, Misfits, Minor Threat, and who else? The Descendants. Descendants. Okay, okay. So gotcha. They're, they're the ones that would be in my book. Okay. You could do a whole and, lot worse. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, again, there's some. Uh, I wish we were on video because I could show you the picture. I, I, I t- my daughter helped me. Uh, there was a for my show, my photo show. They made a. It's probably. A six foot tall um, fo- uh, poster of the name of the show and the picture of Henry Rollins with um, the guy floating the uh, the heavy metal, the devil horns. Oh yeah, that and, one's in your that one's in your bio. Yeah, it's a great picture. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that was that was it, which I think helps with kind of the unique stories. This was a very short period of time where I got. You know, I was at the right place, and I just had a camera. All right. So, um, do, do we know what the book is going to be called? Yes, it's called "Punk Photos from a Fan's Perspective." Okay, and hopefully, it's going to be out what sometime like April, Mayish. Yeah, we're looking spring. Um, you know, I want to make sure it's right. We have the cover. The cover, I'm s- super psyched about, um, and the photos in there. There's some new ones that I've actually found that we're going to add in because I keep finding little things, little tidbits. Oh, that's cool. Of like, wow, that's pretty damn cool. And that's been, you know, it's like Christmas every single day or Hanukkah, <laughs> whatever, whatever your choice is. Yeah. But it's like, wow, that's a picture I didn't know about. Do we know how many pi- how many photos you're going to have in there? Good question. I'm not sure. Okay. You know, we we it's you know hopefully it's like 160 pages. Hmm. Um. You know, we're going to start with soft cover and um, and then probably hopefully if sales are good, then start with maybe do a hardcover, uh, you know, kind of a VIP type or sure. special version. Yeah. And then hopefully my ultimate love would be just to do a, a book tour in especially in mm. D.C., here in L.A., you know, San Francisco Um and you know, just again, my whole goal with this is, yeah, getting paid on things is great. Um, it helps reduce, you know, my, my kids' college loans. But the it's the fun and the joy that I'm having, which is the most important thing for any of this. Is it gives me a, it gives me an identity back at a time when I was really. I needed one and maybe that relates to today where I've been over the years from childhood to now where I 
I had kind of a fake identity. My identity was bullshit. And now I actually feel like I really have one. And it's it's kind of hard to describe when you have that that feeling where it, it changes the way that I look at myself in the mirror. And it's 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 been an unexpected kind of reworking of my, my internal DNA. Rebirth, yeah. Where I am I'm at peace with who I am. And to me that's I think I can be a better partner to my girlfriend. I can be a better parent to my children. I can be a better sibling to my to my brother and sister and a better son to my, my father and my stepmother and also be a better son to my mother who I put through the worst things that I could possibly imagine. But I know that she is smiling down on me and it's 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 it's, it's really hard for me to articulate without probably getting a little bit too emotional. No, that's but awesome, though. Yeah, I get that completely. That I, I never expected this to happen, but I am, I am beyond grateful that this is because it's going to give me, I think, a, a path to the rest of my life that will give me purpose. Okay. Um, well, with this so being, listen, with where where can people find you? Your you have some stuff online, right? Like where I, I want people to be able to come and look at your stuff. At least the stuff you have available right now. Where can they find your stuff? Uh, Instagram, Kevin Salk Punk Rock Photography. That's where I am posting uh, most, all pretty much all my stuff. Um, okay. My whole goal there is have some fun with the captions. Like my latest photo was going swimming with Henry Rollins because he he had the speedo thing, which I can't <laughs> figure out. So it was hashtag Richard, his Richard Richard Simmons shorts. It was it was hashtag speedo. <laughs> but nice. you know, I want people to also have a chuckle because you know, sure. honestly, right now we need that. We really yeah. need Absolutely. a some comic relief. Hey, are you, are you, are you on? I, I, I cut you. I cut you off, Neil. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, are you on? Are you on Facebook at all, Kevin? Because um... I have. Uh, yeah, there's a Facebook, Kevin Salk Punk Rock Photography, also on Facebook. Okay, because is it going to be possible? Because, I mean, people are going to be listening to the podcast and they're going to want to see what it is we're talking about. I mean, can we grab a couple and put them on one of our pages or something? Or Absolutely. Link? Whatever, Excellent. you know, whatever. Again, I'm I'm just, I am beyond thankful that I am here talking cool. to you guys. So for me, it's it's the, the honor is me. So, yeah, in my Instagram uh, bio, there is a link to Fathom. Um, and especially on Facebook and I mean, hell! If someone wants to to chat, you know, please message me. And you know, I've 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 again I've developed some very nice, some really cool new relationships with people because of my pictures. Sure. And you know, we we enjoy chatting or posting things and um, commiserating. Yeah. Sure. So well, it's so easy to get to to get to doing? talk to people around the world these days with uh you know with Facebook and stuff. It's it's great. Well, one of the that. magazines, Confusion Magazine, is is based out of Germany. Okay. And um, the magazine is printed there. The the um, the person who runs the magazine is is it lives in Spain. So it's yeah. My my goal is I want to take over the world. <laughs> So I, I think I think the last question I have for you. So like, are you selling individual prints at this point, or are you not yes. there yet? All you are. Fathom. Okay. Fathom is 
Fathom, again, we are 50-50 partners. So okay. um, my work is not cheap. It starts at, at, at 600 wow. and okay. goes up to 1200 because their feeling is this is museum quality. You know, the idea there is we don't want to be Z Gallery. Okay. Um, we are donating pieces for charity. They're uh, Punk Rock and Paintbrushes, which is a very cool group. Emily is awesome. They came up to me and, and wanted to do uh, a, a, a one of my one of my shots of Milo. So it would be a, a picture where it was signed by me and Milo, and they would sell the pieces at a hundred dollars a piece. Um, we had I think fifteen. They sold out in twelve minutes, and wow. the proceeds would went to the Riot Fest Foundation. Um, there was another group. That was called the no, for the nomads, which was there to help the families who were people a part of touring, roadies, uh, everybody. Because their world, when COVID hit, their world stopped on a dime. Yeah, for sure. And their income stopped. So I donated a uh, a picture of, of the Keith Morris and the shoe, and it sold for a, a nice a nice number. So it mm. felt great to help these people because you, know, you look at like Pennywise. All the people that work for them who run their tour, their world ended yep. literally on a day. And you know, I'm fortunate that I have a, I have a you know a, a nice paying job that provides me a, a nice income, and my my kids are both working, and so I'm very fortunate. But these are people that have children, they have mortgages, they have mouths to feed, and so if I can help with some types of of charitable events. I'm all I'm all in, and um, you know the fact that these photos for of Milo sold at 12 minutes was Jimmy's Jimmy Lindbergh sold at eight, so I was a little pissed mm. that we didn't beat that number. <laughs> well, still 12 is pretty damn good. It was it was good, and, and yeah. again a nice amount of money went to to Riot Fest Foundation, and hopefully there'll be more things in the future to help. You know, if I can help anybody who especially in the music world who's who's been affected by covid which has been everybody you know I'm, you tell me when and tell me where and it's a yes that's wonderful that's wonderful yeah so okay well i think we're uh i think we're getting pretty close to being done do we want to play one last song how's that do you want to do you want to pick something What's to go your, out what, on what song do you want to leave leave burning in people's minds uh i think damaged by black flag wow nice. okay All perfect right. yep because so you know what I am damaged. I'll tell you that. There you go. We all are, man. All right, let's yeah. go ahead and do our sign off. Neil, you think? Yeah, sure. That sounds and we'll good. We'll leave people leave people with a, a young, angry Henry Rollins. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. That was yeah, uh, we fantastic. It, I, yeah, your, your work. We love your work. It's, it's no. really amazing. And and I, honestly, I think people will be able to relate to your story. Yeah, and guys, sure. I am I am beyond thankful. I am, um, you know, you you bring a smile to my face, and I am so grateful for. Your interest and your time—you've uh, made my—you're you're part of the—you're you're part of a small group of people who've made my year. <laughs> That's cool. And I, I just turned 56, and uh, coming off major neck surgery, which uh, you know has been a, a challenge, but I'm able to be back on my bike and ride. And but this has been something that has just brought unexpected joys and gifts that I, I really can't put into words and i'm you know you guys again i'm i'm again just thankful beyond words 
All right. Well, yeah. Thanks again. Excellent, man. Yeah. Thanks for talking to us. And yeah, everybody check out Kevin Salk Punk Rock Photography. Yeah, on Instagram. And, uh, yeah. The pictures I, I as Instagram. I mean, you will be impressed. So. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, everybody. Yep. Thank you. So uh, everybody, stay sunny, free. Sunny Keep a little California. mark in your heart. Yeah. You know the deal. Mail you later. Mail you later. My name's Henry, and you're here with me now.
damage. My damage. No one comes in. Stay out. Yeah.